getting warmed up. Okay, we are live. We are live. Come on, guys. Jazz hands. This is how how you do the jazz hands right there, right there. Okay. Okay, there you go. We've got a fair tax jazz hands coming from Bob and Ron. (laughs) Okay, we're a little bit late on the show, but we are live. This is episode 173 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast, live from the Big Daddy Gun Studios in Gainesville. Lola, come on. You're making noise. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so that's all right. We're gonna hear it. <laughs> yeah, what's up, guys? How's everything going? It's wonderful. Going great. We should probably yeah. properly introduce ourselves. I'm Bob. Yeah, you know, we're the, the way we normally do. Okay, I'm Bob Paxton, and I'm Ron Malero. We are the, the Fair Tax guys. guys. That's how we do our podcast. Oh, okay, cool. I'll take it. It's good. All right. So what I usually do here, we're gonna we're gonna have the Fair Tax guys here with us on the show tonight. It's gonna be me and them. Um, you, you guys represent the Florida Fair Tax. Uh, what's the organization? Florida exactly? Fair Tax Educational Association. Yep. Okay. Very cool. And so they're going to talk to us about that. We'll talk about a lot of other things going on in the news. Um, are you, first of all, let me ask, are you guys gun guys? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. That's good. We're, just, we're both concealed carry care permit yep. holders. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Just wanted to make sure for my audience out there. So uh, usually what I do here on the show, guys, is I talk to the audience first, give the shout outs to everyone hanging out with us in, um, in, the, in the chat. So I, I want to encourage everyone to click the thumbs ups. Okay. Share this video. This is our last video for about a week or so because I'm going off to Vegas for the broadcasting show. So oh. we're not really I'm not really going to be able to do the show while I'm out there because of time zones, etc. So um, let me just go quickly through the chat here and shout out everyone. I see Joe Carpenter, Carl Compton, Chris Illog, Cody Phillips, Caviar Hound, DCG 44S, Lost in Outdoors. Let's see who else. Uh, Enrique Q, Laggy McLaggy Lag. I know, guys, don't don't laugh at these names. Boss Hog, <laughs> Michael Boss Bender, Hog. Ghetto Hood Gamer. Let's see who else we have in here. Chris Bullis, STL Storm Spotter, um, Richard Hughes, Tactical Ranger 84. And let me see, Devon Brown, Ron and Ron, uh, Bricks, as well as SoCal Gunner, uh, Gorillas and Guns, Imposter, uh, Maggie W., Shout out to everyone there. Let me see who else. we got a bunch of other people here in the chat. I'm trying to go through real quick. Nick of Earth, Robert McRae, uh, Shyster Magoo. Shyster Magoo is here today. It's very nice. Magnum Boys also here. <laughs> oh, you get some real goodies there, don't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Atta Kutam 1224 as well in the chat. Screaming Skull Salute. A lot of people watch this just to see me butcher people's names I think, <laughs> for sure so uh vanessa kitty is also in the chat so shout out to vanessa william hoffman as well as bill uh bill butcher and let's see uh cisco 316 okay and uh let me see who else we got in here um i see b king james lawson Andrew, Mitchie, Robert Rodriguez, Hollywood, AR-19, John Brown, Mortensen, Firearm. Shout out to everyone. I'm, I know I probably missed some people. If I did miss you, just let me know. And then also, if you are sending me a message, if you're texting me, I don't even have my phone right here. It's over there in the computer because I'm trying to download. I have way too much stuff on my phone, so I'm trying to download stuff from my phone, clear it up for the trip that I'm about to do. So anyway, we're gonna get we're gonna get about our regular work tonight. Ep- this is uh, episode one seventy three, by the way, and uh, we're calling it "Is the Zombie Raccoon Apocalypse Upon Us?" 
What do you What do you guys think? What What do you guys think about that? If it is, the IRS is going to try to tax it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) They're going to tax the raccoons. (laughs) They'll try if they think they can get any money out of them. Yeah, Yeah. good luck with that. Good luck. Did you guys hear about this about the zombie raccoons? I did not. No. Yeah, yeah. There, there is such a thing. I'm not making it up. And I could not resist it for my last show to talk about the zombie raccoons. But it is real. It's not fake news. Huh? It's not hashtag fake news. It really is real. So we're going to talk about the zombie raccoons. I'll read the article to you guys here in a second. We've got guns. Yeah. Uh, I'll show you guys real quick. Look at that thing. Do you, do you, do you guys recognize this? Uh, this, is, this is from a Florida company, by the way. Uh-huh. It is. Yeah. 22 Magnum PMR30 from Caltech. And this is in uh, navy blue. Yeah, I it can see. 22 Magnum, and this holds about 30 rounds, 22 Magnum. Holy wow. cow. Yeah, so pretty, 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 pretty cool. This one actually belongs to uh, Big Daddy, and yeah. I borrowed it from him as well as a whole bunch of guns around here. So well, that's, we'll, that's where I bought mine, Big absolutely. Daddy. Oh, yep. very good. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. We, we appreciate the patronage of the store. Everyone <laughs> needs to buy their guns from there. <laughs> yeah. Tony yeah. and Sherry have been good for the fair tax. They're good fair tax supporters. Awesome. Great. So, yes. So we're going to talk about the fair tax as well. We'll talk about other things going on in the news. Um, since this is the last day that we're going to be here, you guys could tell us uh, what you want to talk about here in the news. Ask questions of these guys. And uh, I see Justin E says fair tax now. Yeah. I, so, we right agree. on, brother. We agree. Yeah. We agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to get real in-depth into that. These guys are here for two hours. We'll talk about anything else that you that you all want to talk about. Um, there's quite a few things that we didn't talk about yesterday. I know people want to talk about what's going on in Deerfield, Illinois. So there's uh, there's some stuff there. We're going to we're going to pretty much go through all of that and have those conversations. So uh, first, what I'm going to do, though, is um, I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves and, and introduce the fair tax to us. Then we'll go off to the zombie raccoon thing and then we'll come back. How about that? Sounds good. Great. Yeah. So who are you guys? Well, my name is Ron Bolero. I'm a former high school science teacher and school administrator and uh, left uh, New York State, the land of taxes, 22 years ago, moved to Florida here. Um, my wife and I bought a commercial truck, an expediter, and she and I drove team for five years. And wow. then we did some truck leasing, which was more trouble than it was worth anyways. And while I was on the road, I kept listening to Neil Bortz talk about the fair tax. And then in 05, he, uh, he and John Linder published a book. And I said, well, you know, I've got to get this book. So I got the book and read it. And I said, this makes way too much sense. And I gave, <laughs> gave it to my wife, Elaine, who was actually over there conducting a fair tax meeting right now. Um, yeah, we're all in the same meeting. building. We're all in the same yep. building. Yeah, right we, we multitask around Absolutely. here. Absolutely. And uh, she read it and, you know, we, we got into it. So we got involved and helped out the people that were, you know, working at the time on the fair tax. Yep. Well, I'm Bob Paxton. I was a radio DJ in an earlier life. A retired computer programmer now. And when I retired, I had, you know, more time on my hands. And I got a hold of this guy and says, what can I do to help you pass the fair tax? And that's a question that he still hasn't finished answering because there's something new every day. Yes, that was uh, a number of years ago. And it it keeps uh, my wife and I started out helping another couple who were the Marion County. We live about 30 miles south of Gainesville in uh, Ocala and uh, helping out uh, this other uh, couple 
And we thought, okay, we'll help them out. Maybe we'll do a presentation once in a while. Then we'll go play golf, be retired people, and so forth. And uh, so we did that for a little while. Then they called and said, uh, we need to talk to you. That's never a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) No. They wanted us to become Marion County coordinators. And then from there, we became district directors. And last June, I was elected president of the Florida Fairtax Educational Association. But, you know, that's good. But I told the board, I said, I know why you elected me president, because you really what you really wanted was my wife a secretary. So and they got that, too. So package deal. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, so exactly what is the what is this fair tax you speak of? The fair tax is it is a proposal. It's H.R. 25. It's in Congress. It's been in Congress every year since 1999. It's never gotten out of committee. It is a plan to completely replace the federal income tax system. I mean, you get rid of the income tax. You get rid of everything that supports the income tax, which means the withholding goes away with the fair tax. There's nothing withheld out of your paycheck, no federal withholding. So you bring home your full gross amount. You basically, it's a consumption tax. It's a retail consumption tax that's paid anonymously at the cash register on the retail purchase of new goods and services. So it's kind of applying to the federal level. What we do here in Florida, there's no state income tax here in Florida. So we fund the state government largely with sales taxes, and it works wonderfully. Florida's economy is booming compared to states like Illinois and California and New York who have these humongously oppressive income taxes. Mm -hmm. And the sales tax. And the sales tax as well. (laughs) So in a nutshell, it's just a plan to replace the federal income tax and all the woes that come with it, including all the evasion that comes with it. Uh, with a simple retail consumption tax that is progressive in nature. A lot of people say that, you know, oh, wait a minute, consumption taxes, sales taxes are regressive. The fair tax includes a, a provision called the prebate, which is actually just a tax refund. Under the fair tax, since it taxes spending, you have what's called the family consumption allowance. You are allowed to spend up to the poverty level for your household size. It varies by household size you know, without being taxed. But of course, it's way too much trouble to try to figure out how much everybody has spent. So you just collect the tax, you know, from purchase dollar one and rebate back to you the amount of fair tax you have paid on that level of spending up to the poverty level, which for a family of four, if it were in effect now, would be a little over six hundred dollars a month. Yep. Six you get back. So you, you, if you're spending right at the property level, your out-of-pocket tax rate is nothing because everything you pay at the cash register is given back to you in this prebate. And you really don't start taking money out of your own pocket to pay the fair tax until your spending exceeds the poverty level, i.e. you've taken care of your family's basic necessities. It is a wonderful system. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Okay, so we and we will get more into that. Uh, so while we're talking about other things here, uh, if people wanted to go look you up, what um, what .com do they go to to find out about you guys or .org, I'm assuming? Well, fairtax.org is the website for the National Grassroots Organization. And we've got flfairtax.org is the Florida group yeah. as well. So, and I, I uh, think most of the states have their own state version, you know, uh, the, 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 like AFFT is the mothership. Mm-hmm. And uh, each of the states, you know, are kind of like attached to the mothership there. But I would um, direct people to fairtax.org. There are FAQs there. Yeah. There are white papers there. There's a lot of explanatory information about what the fair tax is and how it works. If you want to know, you know, the kind of the nuts and bolts of how it works, fairtax.org is the place to start. 
Okay, very cool. And yeah. one quick question I'll take. There's a question from LV Louis Cipher, and he wants to know, is this similar to the VAT, the value added tax in uh, in the European Union? It It is a consumption tax, but a value added tax, you can think of it as a production tax. It is uh, every time throughout the whole process of creating a product or a service, every like you make a car. First, you get the iron ore out of the ground and you make it into steel. Well, you added value by changing the, uh, refining the iron ore and making iron out of it. So okay. there's a tax assessed. And then you make it into steel, another tax assessed. Then you make it into fenders, another tax assessed. So a value added tax is kind of a, a, a production tax because it's a small tax that's added at each step of production. Uh, okay. So it is based on consumption instead of income. That part is good. The problem is it can be kind of stealthy and the government can mess around with it too much. It's, it's too hidden. All right. And, and uh, I had, I'll, I'll tell you a short story here. I was doing, when we first got into the fair tax and I really didn't know that much about it. We we're down in the villages doing a, an event with our, our friends, Nick and Barb. And uh, I was handing out some information. A lady came and said with her British accent said, I'm from the UK. It doesn't affect me. She said, but don't let them do what they did to us. They said, if we had to put in a, a consumption tax, they would lower the income tax. They didn't do that. Now we have a consumption tax and an income tax. Right. They just layer. Usually what uh, what happens is that the politicians like to layer taxes mm -hmm. uh -huh. on top of taxes. Mm -hmm. Okay, very cool. We, we're going to really uh, deep dive into this and get deep into it. So um, if you guys have questions and things like that, just, uh, you know, get ready to give us those. I do want to get into what we we're going to talk about here at the top of everything. I want to remind everyone before we do that, if you um, to register on hankstrange.tv. That's how you keep in touch with me. Uh, we're gonna send out an email tomorrow, letting you guys know some, some of the things that are going on. So if you go to hankstrange.tv, there's a, there's a little box there. You can put your email address in it. That's how you keep in touch with us. And we're doing that because of everything going on with YouTube and Facebook and all these places. If they pull the plug on us, we have no access to you. So we decided to come up with an email list. Also, when we give away things here on the show and, and do other things, we're going to use that. So check out hangstrange.tv. And uh, let, me, let me read the uh, headline here that I wanted to talk about. Also, guys, make sure that you click the thumbs ups because we definitely need thumbs ups to keep this going. Um, I don't even think we hit 100 thumbs ups yet. And we have like 170 something people in here. So we can definitely get to 100 because it's just one more. But I think we could do even better than that if you guys help us out. We appreciate it. You know, we appreciate you hitting those thumbs ups for sure. And uh, let me read this article. So he is. Um, so here's the article. This is in the Washington Post. It says he thought something was wrong with the raccoon and then it stood on its hind legs. Uh, Robert Cogshaw was playing with his beagles outside his Youngstown, Ohio house around noon Friday when he saw the raccoon. The 72 year old pushed his dogs inside as the raccoon fearlessly made its way right up to the glass door. And for a few moments, the animal sat face to face, fascinated with one another. <laughs> uh, Cogshaw <laughs> thought something was wrong with the raccoon since it was out in broad daylight. What came next confirmed that as, uh, as he left his garage to try to shoo the animal away, the raccoon stood up on its hind feet and flashed its, its sharp white teeth and pink gums. Saliva dripped from its mouth. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's yeah. Not Th then, this is not, it's not even over. Suddenly, it collapsed into a comatose-like state. 
Cogshaw said. It soon awoke from its lethargy, walked around for a bit, then got back up on its hind feet again. Yeah, wow. He said it was kind of startling. Uh, it kept coming back to the house. It was at my door two or three times. For hours, he called, um, he called a wildlife photographer, a naturalist, and they watched the raccoon repeat the bizarre pattern over and over again. So they took about 250 photos of the raccoon, and you can find it in this article. Um, let me see here. I'm going to try to share this article with you guys for anyone who wants to see it, if you haven't already seen it in the news. So I don't know if you guys could see this, but I am going to put it in the chat. You should see a little thing come up there that you should be able to click on. I don't know yeah. how. Um, and then I'll put it here in the chat for the folks who are hanging out with us. So what do you guys think about that? <laughs> I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is rabies. I think yeah. the thing is rabies. Yeah, but is that how raccoons act when they're under? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's the wrong link. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think so. I don't haven't seen that many raccoons that aren't the you know roadkill by the side of the highway. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> it's about the only time we see them is they're kind of flat on the road. But uh, I've I've never seen that happen. But that's the first thing that came in mind is that that thing is rabid and it's very dangerous. You know. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't call it like animal control. Was or there something. more than one or just that one? Um, I think I think it was I think it was just this one. There's several different reports on this. It's interesting to me. I mean, if something like this is going on, I mean, unless did you guys ever see Guardians of the Galaxy? I did yes. not. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a raccoon in there, but I mean, he's not real. He's oh, yeah. That's my grandson's favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think his name is Rocket the Raccoon. And this guy yes, kind of looks so. like him. So unless there really are aliens <laughs> and this is not really a raccoon, it's one of those guys. That, that was it. The raccoon saw one too many episodes of Guardians of the Galaxy. He's getting uh, yeah. he's getting illusions of grandeur because, yeah. you know, in the movie, the raccoon was the smartest one of the bunch. Yeah, he was pretty vicious, too. Um, so here's another article in Ohio. This one says zombie raccoons are terrifying residents in Ohio. Youngstown police are investigating reports of zombie-like raccoons in northeast Ohio. Reports uh, Youngstown police have received more than a dozen calls in the past three weeks about raccoons acting strangely in the daytime. That's hmm. very unusual. So that's wow. obviously not the... Uh, no, they're nocturnal animals. Yeah, they don't come out during the day and they certainly don't come up to your, your glass door, you know. Yeah. yeah. So this this could be the beginning of, uh, you know, of a zombie apocalypse. I don't really <laughs> think so. I don't really think so. One threatens me. I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like, a, well, they already got Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Maybe this will be uh, number three or something. Number three. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, you know, it's it's weird. But, you know, things I think things like this happen from time to time. Right. And who knows, maybe these raccoons, um, maybe they came across something that we threw away, some kind of food or something else that we consume, maybe some of our drugs. But where was the first report? Well, this is all in Ohio. There, It it's looks like it's in all Ohio. in Ohio. Yeah. So there's maybe there's some kind of new kind of raccoon meth. Yeah, there's or, a, a new uh, new strain of uh, some kind of toxic weed. Yeah. Just I hope it stays in Ohio. Whatever's going on. Yeah, let's hope so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, and, doesn't and, here. yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, Tony McKnight, who's actually uh, that's 
by the way. That's the boss. That's Big Daddy. He yep. happens. He's he's on the chat here, and he says, "Who cares? Raccoons are shoot on sight." <laughs> <laughs> Amen, and, brother. Hey, yeah. if they're standing up on their back feet, absolutely. Yeah, put now little, that put a little yeah. green dot right on their nose, and boom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now that maybe I don't know about Ohio. I don't know what the rules are. Um, the Tyvan show says prime example to own a gun, just shoot the raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Highway Run 77 says, Hank, that's rabies. We can move on to the Illinois news now. Okay. What's going on there? So, uh, yeah, maybe it's a new strain of rabies or something. But, you know, listen, how can I not? How can I not talk about a zombie thing? OK, Lola's <laughs> giving me another article that says distemper. Distemper in raccoons. Uh, next to humans, the second leading cause of death of raccoons is distemper. What? I think oh. you have distemper, Lola. You have, you're crap. standing up right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Ra- raccoons are susceptible to infection by both canine and feline distemper. Okay. Although they both can cause acute illness and death, they are caused by two completely different viruses. Canine distemper is a highly contagious disease of car- carnivores caused by a virus that affects animals in the family, blah, 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 blah. So it's so it's distemper. Is that what you're saying? So just shoot all raccoons. That's probably where I'm calling it the zombie raccoon apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. That's that's going to bring all the people in. No, there's there's not really going to bring all the people in to watch this. But (laughs) it allows me to do a thumbnail for this video later on that has like a zombie raccoon on it. Yeah. Which I think is cool. So, all right, okay, let's move on quickly before before people, because I know that people want to talk about what's going on in uh, in Illinois. Let me see. Oh, uh, Armed Al says they are bath salts. That's yeah. This is because of bath salts. You guys remember bath salts? No, that one I don't know. Yeah, that's what some drugs that people were taking and that was making them pretty much into zombies. So, yeah, maybe yeah. they got into that. That was. I yeah. guess new new uh, new species of uh, foreign weed or something in in Ohio. Yeah. So now the other article that I wanted to go to before we got into um, talking about the fair tax stuff, which you know I I really want to get into, is um, did you guys hear about Deerfield Beach? No, not Deerfield Beach. I don't know why I'm saying that. In Florida, we have Deerfield Beach. Right. Yeah. This is in Chicago. Yeah, Deerfield, Illinois. So it says Deerfield bans assault weapons and high capacity magazines. Owners of assault weapons living in North. I mean, who owns us? None of us own assault weapons. No, whatever. Any weapon can be you can make an assault with a baseball bat. Uh, I got I got your assault weapon right here. This is a yeah. There you go. Also, also belongs to Big Daddy. And see, look, it's got salt in it right there. No, it's not one of those bug killers. That gets yeah, exactly. That's yeah. I, I, you know, it just aggravates me in the article, first of all, when they say that, because they just don't. Uh, whoever wrote this doesn't understand that, obviously. But it no. says uh, owners of, of assault weapons living in north uh, suburban Deerfield have until June 13th to remove the firearms from within village limits or face daily fines. After a ban was approved Monday night, the Village Board of Trustees unanimously approved a ban on certain types of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, amending a 2013 ordinance that regulated the storage of those items. See, they start with a stupid law about the storage. We let that nonsense stand. 
then they just keep bumping it up. Yeah. You know, and you know what the result of that is? More people moving to Florida. Yeah. Well, I mean, we also we also put some stupid laws in effect in Florida. Hopefully we knock those down. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm sure you guys are aware of that. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. our um, our Republicans here in Florida let us down and push through they a did. terrible bill, which the governor, also a Republican that's running for higher office now, signed. Which sucks. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let me see here. So this new ordinance prohibits the possession, sale and manufacturing of certain types of assault weapons and large capacity magazines within the village. According to the ordinance, one change from the laws, as it was originally discussed, exempts retired police officers from the ban, according to a village manager, uh, Kent Street. Wow. Uh, Violations carry a fine between two hundred and fifty and a thousand dollars per day. Which I'm I'm pretty sure what they're going to plan and do here is like take your house from you. Yeah. You know, I don't know how big this no, village build, is. Build up fines. Yeah. Put a lien on your house. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But do they have a definition of assault weapons? Uh, I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, Street said the law is modified. At, was the new law is modified after one approved by Highland Park in 2013. That ban survived a legal challenge by one of the city's residents in the Illinois State Rifle Association. Uh, the Seventh U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals held that legislation constitutional, and the U.S. Supreme Court let the decision stand when it declined to take up the appeal, which is one of the problems we have right now with the Supreme Court. Right? They don't want to take up. They don't want to take up any of these laws. So, uh, I'm trying to look through here and see where they're talking about it. We can. We could probably. Okay. So here we go. In the ordinance, the definition of an assault weapon includes, amongst others, semi-automatic rifles. <laughs> that have a fixed magazine with a capacity to accept more than 10 rounds of ammunition, shotguns with a revolving cylinder, and semi-automatic pistols and rifles that can accept large capacity magazines and possess one of a list of other features. Amongst the dozens of specific models cited are the AR-15, AK-47, and Uzi, according to the ordinance. But it sounds like me, to me, it sounds like it could just be anything. Yeah, yeah, they, they will stretch it to make that, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, when you live in Illinois, that's uh, that's what you get. All right. Yeah. Look, at, look at Chicago. They have very strict gun laws. It's like mm-hmm. the murder capital of the country. You know, that's not working very well for them up there. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, you know, I so I know people want me to talk about this. I think ultimately, if you live there and you're going through this, this is the reason why you have to vote. And then obviously, even if you voted, you need to take steps to strike this down. You need to do something about this. Vote people out of office. Get mad. Get off yeah. the sofa. Get out there and fight these things. It's pretty much the same thing that I would say to people here in Florida that, you know, we passed pretty widespread gun control or, or sweeping, excuse me, gun control here in Florida. And no one seems to really be up in arms about it. But it pretty much is going to make us all felons. Yeah, and that that whole thing uh, uh, banning a gun a gun ownership by somebody under twenty one, uh, that's crazy. What that does is makes a, a, almost every camp, college campus in Florida a gun free zone. Mm-hmm. Target know, rich environment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's terrible. And I I have a grandson in college here in Florida, and that that's very much that's yeah. a great concern of mine. You know. Yeah. Now, this particular grandson happens to be extremely knowledgeable about guns. His his dad, my son-in-law, is a great outdoorsman, very knowledgeable, 
my grandson got his first uh, hunting rifle when he was 10 years old. So okay. now he's not allowed to own that or anything else. Uh, and my grandson could tell you all kinds of things about the history, the operation and so forth. He's more knowledgeable about the operation and safety of guns than most adults in the in the country. Now he's not allowed to own one. Well, I think he is allowed to own them. He just can't purchase them anymore on his own, which is stupid. It's like, you know, um, it doesn't really make any sense. Right. So I'm guessing that that means that people can buy they can purchase something for him and then give it to him. Uh, I don't know how, you know, that could easily be yeah. construed as a straw purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of weird there's lots of weird things going on here. The way they set up that law, I think it's unconstitutional. I think it was bad enough that at 18 years old you couldn't get a handgun permit. Yeah, you know, a concealed weapons permit. I thought that was bad enough. But I know that we were talking to uh, at least one of the politicians, the Republicans that voted for that, and um, actually Keith Perry, and he said that he doesn't think that um, that you're an adult at 18, 19, or 20. Really? Yeah. Hmm. He says he doesn't even think you should be able to vote. So that was it. I thought that was interesting. But you can join the service and die for your country. Yeah, absolutely. It's not accurate here in Florida either. I mean, obviously there's lots of families and everything here, but then there's also lots of people who are 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're living on their own. Mm -hmm. And they need to be able to defend themselves. So I just think that just that part of the bill alone is unconstitutional. They put a lot of things into this bill, which they probably shouldn't have done. They should have dealt with all of these things separately. Um, and then when it comes to like this village doing this stuff in Illinois, what I think uh, Florida has preemption, right? So Gainesville, for example, should not be allowed to just make up its own laws, although right. Gainesville is always trying. <laughs> yes, they are. You know, they're always trying. And then we have to push back against that. This stuff, I think, is happening all around the country. People have to get sick and tired of this and stop dealing with it and come to the realization that we all have the right to defend ourselves. That's what the Second Amendment's about. You Do know? you think this new law in Florida will be challenged? Uh, well, it's well, it's I think it's already being challenged by the NRA. Yeah. And I think it needs to be challenged by other organizations and it needs to basically go away. It's craziness. And we shouldn't vote for anyone who voted yes for it. As a school teacher of 25 years, yeah, make the schools safer, okay? Uh, You've seen on the internet some of the signs that say, adults in this building may be carrying uh, weapons and will defend their students, uh, you know, using all necessary force. You have a sign like that. If, if people are trained voluntarily, people mm-hmm. are trained and some of the adults and it doesn't have to be just teachers, teachers, custodians, clerical help, uh, administrators, somebody, yeah. you know, a number of people in there and you put that sign out front. They're not going to have any problems anymore. Yeah, it doesn't have to be everyone. It doesn't have to be people who don't want to do it. It doesn't have to be people who aren't qualified to do it. You know, it's, I mean, just give there's always in, in uh, every segment of a population, there's some people who do have the skills and the ability and the desire to do this and uh, that would want to stand up if something went wrong in that school. Yeah. Yeah. And and as long as people know that there are adults in that building that will defend the students, mm-hmm. nobody's going to touch them. Yeah. I think Compton Terry is saying these bans have all stood. The federal courts have not struck down a single one. Um, California has had a ban since 1994. I think one of the problems, like we mentioned in that article, is that the Supreme Court is refusing 
to take up these kinds of you know they're, they're trying they're refusing to take this stuff up when it goes to the supreme court so therefore that makes everything stand um hopefully we can make some changes on the supreme court and fix that <laughs> yeah yeah we got, Absolutely. Got some justices retiring and we can get some more guys like uh, like this last one, Neil Gorsuch, who should be OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. I know that uh, when you have the very liberal judges that are on the Supreme Court, you know, during usually during a presidency like this, um, they would not want to retire. <laughs> That's right. You know, they're, they're literally like zombie judges. Yeah. Well, you could see that at the State of the Union when one of them is falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So they don't want to get out of there because they don't. For example, in this case, they don't don't want Trump to uh, to put someone else in there. I you know what? I, I'm not really sure, though. I'll tell you guys, honestly, I'm not really sure because a lot of um, a lot of anti Second Amendment conversation has come out of the White House lately. I, I find that I'm incredibly disappointed. I don't know where you guys are at on this you know we all supported uh trump i'm pretty sure we all voted for him he's in there but a lot of this anti-gun anti uh second amendment rhetoric is coming out of the white house even well i know what uh uh i can't think of his name but he said uh trump is not a conservative conservative he's a pragmatist he does what he thinks is practical Mm -hmm. so uh, you, you never know uh, what's going to happen. Makes yeah. But he does listen. And, and there is, I'll, I'll tell people, there is a way you can get in touch with the president. I mean, maybe not directly. You go to whitehouse.gov slash contact. Whitehouse.gov slash contact. We tell people to do that and go to whitehouse.gov slash contact and you fill out a, 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 the form. You have to give them your name and address and all that stuff because obviously they want to know who it is that's talking to them. Sure. And we always tell people to promote the fair tax, but you can you can talk about anything. And uh, I, I think they're respectfully, you know, the people, hopefully. And because you don't want absolutely, people. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want some guys in black suits showing up at your house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, so we, we were talking about the fair tax. Let's come back to that. Um, you know, for where is this movement? Where does the movement stand for the fair tax right now around the country? Do we have do we have uh, organizations in every state? How, how most, are we going? Most states, I believe. Um, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Texas are very strong. With, and believe it or not, California, California is quite strong with the fair tax, too. We've got some great people out there. OK, good. Um, but they need it, man. California is just like a hair away from uh, going the way of the dodo bird. Yeah. Yeah. Becoming Venezuela. Yeah. Well, what's really encouraging is that Georgia is looking at getting rid of their state income tax and adopting a fair tax type, you know, taxing system complete with the same kind of prebate that the federal fair tax proposal has. Now, that's something that most sales taxes, in fact, no sales tax that I know of that's on the book has this prebate feature. Okay. Georgia is looking at doing that on a state level. And I mean, that's the way the founding fathers envisioned things, that each of the states would kind of like be laboratories for figuring out different ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And Georgia can successfully implement this fair tax like state tax. And we see if how well that works. I mean, there's no if, ands or buts about it. It's going to work. I mean, the the fair tax at the federal level has over 20 million dollars worth of research behind it to make sure it's not just, you know, uh, smoke and mirrors that it all works. But if, if Georgia can get this thing passed on a state 
state level and see what it does for their state economy, then folks have got to be start looking at it uh, with, with a bit more intensity. Okay, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, there, uh, the uh, tax act, what do they call it? The um, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that the president signed in December, all right, mm-hmm. HR1, had 24 co-sponsors in the House. We've got 46. Okay, we actually have more co-sponsors for the fair tax. But of course, it is the Speaker of the House that moves the legislation along that he or she wants. So his H.R. 1 got in there, not the fair tax. Uh, our, uh, the president of our national group, Steve Hayes, spent s- about three years making monthly trips to D.C., he and another board member from AFFT. And they had meetings with various uh, congressmen, senators, and their staffers. They made a lot of inroads there. Of course, you know, you have some changeover. So the okay. people up there are aware. But I, I, make, I use this example. H.R. 1, reducing the tax code or the tax rates for corporations and individuals. And you can see what what the corporations are doing. They're responding with bonuses to employees, expanding their employee roles, you know, expanding things. Apple said they're they're moving back $350 billion back to this this country, opening up another plant, uh, forecasting and hiring another 20,000 people. So we know that when you reduce tax rates, it has a positive effect, okay? Right, every business wants to grow. They all want to get bigger. Yeah, you know? exactly, that's what they, they're not gonna hide it under some corporate mattress, you know? That's what some people say. Oh, well, the companies, they're just gonna keep the money. No, they're not. They're gonna do what they can to grow. As long as business. there's competition. As long yeah. as there's competition, yeah. they wanna be the best. That's the kind of uh, the balancing act so that gets, it. go ahead. I say that they're making the case for the fair tax because the fair tax would reduce the corporate tax rate from, well, let's see, right now it's 21 to zero. All right. It would reduce the repatriation tax or money coming back from overseas, reduce that to zero. It reduce. I mean, it gets rid of the income tax. All those things go to zero. So if reducing it 10, 15 or 20 percent is good, reducing it you know, completely is even better. Yeah. All OK. Right? So um, once one second. So I think we had a question here. Um, Watchdog wanted you to to give us that White House um that sure. White House email address again, and then I'll, then I'll go into another question. Yeah. White House, yeah, whitehouse.gov slash contact. Yeah. Okay, whitehouse.gov slash contact. Yep. Okay, and then what was that? What were you going to say? I think okay. I think that was I think that was Ron, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, what I'm saying is that what they did in December, what they passed, is making the case for the fair tax. Because the fair tax will reduce the rates. Now, another thing that President Trump did last year before the tax cuts went into effect, he started reducing regulations. He required the bureaucracy to get rid of two unnecessary regulations for one new one they put in place. Okay, thereby dropping the regulatory burden on companies. And the, the economy started to come around in 2017 before the tax cuts took place. Well, the fair tax does that too. If you get rid of the income tax, you get rid of all the compliance headaches for the, for the income tax, which is a, a huge problem for small companies. So, okay, and then I think, Bob, you had something to say in there. No, go ahead, I'm good. No, go ahead, no, I'm, I'm 
if you if you wanted, did you I, want to say something? I did not. My my train oh. of thought has been derailed. Here. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, in other sorry. words, I yeah. think I'm just going to give the same White House address. Right. Was, so we're good. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Okay, so I think there's a couple of things. We have a couple of questions on this. Um, okay. One that I could think of before I take some before I take one from here in the audience. If you guys have them, just hit me up with them right now because I'm I'm uh, reading the scroll. So, is there anywhere? Outside of America, in the world, where is there a country that is using something like the fair tax or, you know, extremely similar to that or no? Not that we're aware of. No, I, I, I guess that European VAT tax is the closest thing to it, but that's really a different animal. I, I think right, because it has layers, right? Like you're you're yeah. proposing that the fair tax stands on its own, right? No other well, tax. Exactly. The yeah. fair tax is a retail consumption tax. It is paid by the final retail consumer. And mm -hmm. that's it. Because if you tax a corporation now, be it, uh, you know, mom and pop's grocery store or Exxon Mobil, if you put a tax on a business, that becomes just another cost of doing business. What happens to your cost of doing business? They get rolled downhill to the consumer anyway. Yep. So take mm -hmm. all that stuff out of the equation, make it a lot more simple for business to operate. The retail consumer is going to pay it all anyhow. So just that's why the fair tax is is uh, levied at the retail consumer level. Mm -hmm. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. People, there's 45 states that have a sales tax. Do you ever hear in any of those states, including here in Florida, where we live, uh, problems with the sales tax? It's so simple and it's mm -hmm. anonymous. I mean, you go to the store, you buy something, the sales tax is there, you pay it, you're done. Yeah, you, your point of sale software everywhere just handles it. Yeah. No yep. problem. Bob knows that okay. better than anybody. He was a computer programmer. <laughs> okay, good. So let's say we're talking to the completely uninitiated here, someone who has no idea, you know, how can, you know, as, as if you were explaining it to a baby, how can we explain the fair tax in a, you know, in, in a way that everyone could understand? And mostly I'm saying it's just so that I have like a wraparound and a full understanding of what we're talking about. Uh, the fair tax is similar, as we said, to the state sales taxes that are already you know, in place. Now, the, the main there are two really main differences. We talked about the prebate that comes with a fair tax. Now, most of your, in fact, all of the state sales taxes that I'm familiar with are what's called exclusive, meaning that they are added on to the price of the item. So a $100 item on the shelf becomes a $108 item at the cash register. They tack on the tax at the end. The fair tax is inclusive means that if the price tag of your item on the shelf is $100, that includes the fair tax. And when you get your receipt back, you will see that $77 went to the store and $23 was fair tax of that 100 that you spent. Okay. So again, it's just paid at the cash register. Anonymously, people are used to doing that, mm -hmm. but uh, you get the prebate with the fair tax and it's uh, the fair tax, you can kind of think like the taxes on fuel, when you fill up your car with gas, the mm -hmm. you know, two fifty a gallon, you pump ten gallons, you pay twenty five dollars. Nothing's tacked on afterwards. That's the way the fair tax is going to work. It will be included in the price, but you, unlike the fuel taxes, you will see it on your receipt when yeah. you get it. Right. Yeah. So you have the option here if you don't want to pay it, don't buy that thing. Right. Exactly. You, oh, you, you can control your level of taxation by your spending habits. And again, the the fair tax does not tax used goods. If you need a new car and you don't want to pay the fair tax, buy a used car. Simple. Right. 
Same thing with computers, phones, anything else that you Absolutely. Need Any, anything that is you, only new goods and services. I mean, your barber will have to start collecting the fair tax, which is really not because the, the part of what you pay for a haircut ends up at the IRS as the barber's income tax anyway. So right. again, the fair tax is just replacing the income tax all the way through the economic system. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um you know, there's there's a couple of things here that um, there's a couple of things here that I would like to ask. I'm just trying to see if anyone here. Um, the Tyvin show wants to know what would be the percent rate of the fair tax, you know, 23 percent inclusive. Yeah. And again, that rate was arrived at. We said that there's over 20 million dollars worth of research. This came out of some business people in Houston, Texas, who spent an entire day, you know, in their business meeting and realized at the end of the day, they had spent about 80 percent of their time trying to figure out the tax consequences of all of their decisions rather than what how can we help the business? And they decided there's got to be a better way to do this. So they put up like 20 million dollars of their own money. And commissioned some of the finest economists from the most prestigious universities in the country to start with a blank sheet of paper and design the best tax system possible that would raise the same amount of revenue for the federal government. And they could have done anything. And it, it was not called a fair tax, you know, right out of the box. But what they came up with, what these economists came up with, private sector economists came up with was the fair tax. It picked up that name a bit later when uh, somebody was describing it to somebody and says, hey, well, that's a fair tax. And the yeah, name right. stuck. OK, but, but that's how that's how that came about. OK. And um, so I've got Andrew Slag says no tax federal income only. What do you say to things like that? Yeah. There's no tax on income at all. The, the fair tax is a consumption tax. You pay it at the cash register when you buy things, period. So you could you could win the lottery. You can you know work for your wages. You can inherit a lot of money. Any doesn't matter how you get it, how you make your money or where you make your money. It's not taxed under the fair tax until you spend it on retail purchases, new goods and services. If you save it, no tax. If you invest it, no tax. If you give it to your kids, no tax. No tax under the fair tax until you make a retail purchase of new goods and services. Okay. And um, so Justin E says some prices will drop, a few will go up slightly. Do, do you find that to be accurate? Um, we have one of our board members here in Florida, and she's also on the board of the national group, uh, Dr. Heron Walby. She's our research director. She says that prices may go up about uh, 10, 13 percent. However, it's not just what happens to the prices. You've got to look at your purchasing power. You're going to get your entire paycheck. There'll mm -hmm. be no withholding. So think about getting your paycheck with no federal withholding. And no payroll taxes either for yeah, Social Security exactly. and Medicare. Social Security and Medicare are covered, are funded through the fair tax. But That's no, because right. right now the only people that are funding Social Security and Medicare are those who are working for a, working for a paycheck. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say to you. I mean, this probably sounds attractive to those of us that work and generate income, but to the people who don't, but still every year file taxes and get a lot, a lot of money back, even though they don't pay taxes, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, that yeah. might not sound too good to those folks. <laughs> well, there, it'll sound good to most folks. Dr. Olby has done a lot of research, and she said every segment, every demographic is going to come out better under the fair tax, some more than others. But the people who will benefit the most are the people that most need it, uh, the working poor, the people who are just getting by. 
All right. They're making just enough money to put food on the table, clothes on their back and a roof over their head. Okay. Those are the people that are going to benefit the most because yes, even though the price of everything they will buy will go up a bit, they're going to get one, their entire paycheck Two, they're going to get the prebate. Right. That's what you're saying. So that like exempts them up to a certain level from having to pay. Right. The one thing that's the one thing that's not going to happen that some demagogues will tell you is that the fair tax will raise the price of everything by 23 percent since it's a 23 percent tax. But they don't tell you that that, you know, replaces the income tax, takes a lot of cost of doing business out of the price of the products that you buy. So, so as Karen says, the prices will rise a little bit, but your purchasing power under the fair tax will be greater because you're bringing home your full paycheck and you're getting the prebate. Yep. Okay. All right. Now, let me hit up um, another question here. Uh, Compton Terry actually is a, a comment. He says, uh, I'm an economist. Tax policy is extremely complicated. Um, <laughs> yes, that's true. I'm not an economist, and I agree with that. <laughs> uh, we, we know a CPA out in uh, Denver who's who's been on our program a couple of times. Yep. And yep. He, he, he talks about just how, and, I mean, it's his business to, to mess with the tax code. And he'll tell you right to your head, he can't begin to figure it all out. There's nobody in the world that can figure the whole thing. It's 75,000 pages for crying out loud. So yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Is there, is there an audible version of that? An audible version of what? <laughs> of, of the the 75,000 pages? No, 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 I no, can that, use that, that to help me go to sleep at night. <laughs> that, that's, that's not on an audio book that I know of. But you can get the fair tax book on audio books. Uh, yeah. You'll board yourself right. read it. Yeah. yeah. Right. You try to hire somebody to create an audio version of the tax code. The problem is that the tax code changes every day. One of the things we do on our uh, Fair Tax Power radio podcast is we take a look at congress.gov where you can look at all of the legislation that's been introduced into into this uh, legislative session. I got a little search function there. So you go there and you type in, you know, internal revenue code, put that in quotes so it's a string and see how many bills in Congress are, you know, to amend the Internal Revenue Code is how that works. And then we checked that today. We did a podcast today, and there's over 1,200 that have been introduced since the beginning of Congress. I mean, that is the four or five a day. Wow. <laughs> 1,200. Over 1,200 proposed changes to the tax code yeah. in this congressional session alone. Wow. Now, not all of those are going to become law, but a lot of them will. Yeah. It's a little bit. And some of them are really ripe, like the one uh, that wanted to, this was a proposal for the tax code. Mm-hmm. To change the definition of municipal, municipal solid waste. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Our tax code contains a definition of municipal solid You're waste. You're talking about poop. <laughs> That's that could be. We're guessing. Obviously, some company somewhere that deals in the disposition of municipal solid waste wanted a, a tax break for somehow. So they had to define what this thing is. That oh, if if you deal with this, 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 and this, then then that's municipal solid waste, and you can get a tax break on. It's wow. insane the stuff that's in our tax code. We, we've what we've, a country. <laughs> yeah. So but let that, me ask you. I know you guys mentioned. Check that out. Right. Okay. I know you guys mentioned your podcast, so I'm sure that, you know, we're we having you on today, but if, if there are folks out there that are interested in this, how can they connect with your podcast that you guys have? Well, uh, our main podcast platform is Spreaker. It's like Speaker with an R, Spreaker.com. You go to Spreaker.com, look for Fairtax Power Radio or the Fairtax guys, and you'll find our page. Now, the nice thing about Spreaker is that you can set it up, it automatically branches out to iTunes. So if you have people that are already getting podcasts off of iTunes, we're there, 
Okay. okay. We're also on iHeartRadio, and we have a free app. Go to your app store and look for uh, Fairtax Power Radio for either the iPhone or the Android. And we're there, too. And that's probably about the easiest way. You download that free app, and once it's downloaded, it has our podcast there. You can listen to them, plug them into your car radio or whatever. And so we're on YouTube as well. And, and yes, and our speaker also sends it to YouTube, yeah. Okay, awesome. I guarantee you it's better than reading the actual 75. Well, how, how many pages? 75,000 75,000 plus. Yeah. That's the tax yeah. code plus the regulations plus some of the case law that's been been you know decided there. Yeah, I think we should beat the people who came up with those pages. We should beat them with the pages. <laughs> oh, oh I'm, I'm with you on that, brother. No problem at all. Hey, you should line them here. up. We're going to drop the code on you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let me get to some more comments and questions. Sure. Joshua Levy says, as long as the Federal Reserve continues to exist, changing the tax code won't fix anything. We will continue to go deeper into debt and we will remain enslaved by an international private bank. What do you guys think about that? Not uh, a very optimistic view, is it? No, no. actually, the uh, understand that the fair tax is a revenue bill only. It has absolutely nothing to do with the spending side of the equation. It was designed to raise the same amount of revenue for the federal government that the income tax does. Now, if Congress continues to spend more than they make, whether it comes in through the income tax or whether it comes in through the fair tax, that's, you know, that's, that's a, a debate and a problem for a different day. But what's going to happen, too, is the fair tax, uh, Mike Huckabee has said, this would be rocket fuel for the economy. Mm -hmm. And we saw what happened in the 80s when President Reagan cut the tax rates and the actual dollar amount of revenue just skyrocketed. So mm -hmm. the, the way that the, the fair tax is going to be, it's going to bring jobs back. It's going to stimulate the economy like nothing else. So there will be a lot more you know revenue coming into the federal government under the fair tax than there would be under the income tax. Now, whether it's going to be enough to erase the deficit and erase the debt that we're in, that's just, you know, we're going to have to rein in the spending side as well. But that's beyond the scope of what the fair tax does. Yeah, the omnibus bill that uh, Congress passed last month that's not a good idea. I mean, if they keep spending like that, I'm not sure what's going to help. I mean, we're going to have to rein in those politicians, too, which means everybody listening, you have to vote. Yes. All right. You have to vote for people that are fiscally solid and that will pass the fair tax. What we need is a convention of states and term limits because they're never going to yeah. put term limits on themselves. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, um, by the way, we've crossed into the eight o'clock uh, over, actually, the eight o'clock hour. I know we started a little bit late. So I just want to remind everyone that a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, like HankStrange.tv is in the description, as well as Big Daddy Unlimited. There's uh, links to that in the description. We're also on iTunes. These guys are talking about their um, podcast. Definitely check it out. We're also on iTunes. I just want to remind you of that. I'm going to try to go through and, and get to a lot of stuff. Andrew Mitchie says, that sounds absurd. How can the government slash kingdom make money? <laughs> and uh, Armament and Axis says the government won't go for a pay cut for themselves. So It's not a pay cut. It's mm -hmm. not a pay cut. Part of the research is to what percentage, and they came up with the 23%, will fund the government at its current rate, right? Mm -hmm. One of the problems with our government right now, and controlled by the Republicans, is that they're spending too much. I mean, right. they had double-digit increases in a lot of departments in, in the federal government. Why? Is, yeah. it, is any of our household have double-digit increases in our budgets? No. 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 We, I mean, we can't so, print money. We can't spend more than we make, but the yeah. government so, yeah. does, and they're just addicted to buying votes in that matter. 
Yeah. yeah. Now you guys are making sense. I can just tell you that you're making sense. The problem is basically in order to get what you're talking about, we need a revolution in America because the people who are getting fat and comfortable off of all these taxes that those of us that generate this income to pay these taxes make, mm-hmm. they're never giving it up. It's like having a big, massive mosquito sitting on your body, sucking the blood out of you to the point that it's gotten bigger than you. Yeah. Well, our job is to convince people that the fair tax is better than the income tax. Yep. And when we succeed in reaching enough people so that voting and supporting the fair tax becomes a ballot box winner and opposing the fair tax becomes a ballot box loser, that's when we're going to get it. Yep. And uh, so we realize that that we're, you know, that we still have to continue to educate the electorate. And uh, the little catchphrase we use on Fair Tax Power Radio: Once you understand it, you'll demand it. And when we can reach enough people through the podcast, through your help here as well, through everything that we do, then when enough, I've never met anybody that I've explained the fair tax to that didn't like it. Right. You know, they think yeah. this is, it's just such a much better way. But so far, there are not enough people that really understand it and not enough people that are demanding it of their Congress people. So our job is just to create enough folks out there that do understand it, will demand it until it becomes a winning issue at the ballot box, because we yeah. understand that's the only way we're going to get it passed. I think one of the reasons for that is that it's not sexy enough for the general public out there. I think it's pretty damn sexy myself, <laughs> right? It, like you said, if you really yeah. think about what's going on here, it's sec- it's a sexy thought, but most people are, are caught up in other things. But we need to, there's lots of things we need to clean up in America. There's yeah. lots of things that we need to change, not just because, not, not just for us gun guys or, you know, people who th- think exactly the way we do for the entirety of America. Mm-hmm. You well, know, we need to change that- things. Nobody working for a paycheck today has known anything but the income tax. Yeah, all the so nobody has ever lived under a situation where there is no income tax. So people just say, "Oh, that's the way it is. There's nothing we can do about it." And the politicians are doing all they can to foster that thought. Yeah. Well, that's damn wrong. We can do stuff about it because ultimately, right even on. all these things that we ask people for, like you know, give us. I, I almost said give us us free because it reminded me. It reminds me of Amistad, to be honest with you. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that movie. It's like, yeah, these, yeah, yeah these, these slaves, you know, they, they wound up here in America and they wanted to be free and they went through this whole thing. It's, you were born free. If you're, you know, as a human being, you're born on, into this planet, no matter where you were born on the face of this planet, you were born free. People, governments take that away from you. It's the same thing with everything. You know, we were born to the with the rights to what we produce and what we generate. But the government and people come along and say, oh, we're going to take we're going to take that from you. That's what the hell a tax is. You know, Mm -hmm. they decide to take that from you and then they trick you. It's like the it's like the elephant that they you know, they condition him that they could just put a string around his foot. And then he stays there like it's a big, heavy chain because you think that you have to go through this, that you have Mm -hmm. to pay these taxes. And people just have to get out of that mindset. Um, Exhale asks this question. He wants to know. So are the states going to slap their tax on top of the federal tax? Uh, That will probably vary by state. My guess is that when the fair tax becomes law, that a lot of states are going to do what Georgia does and at least adapt theirs to be in the same way. But uh, the fair tax is strictly a federal issue and how New York is going to handle if they're going to keep their state sales tax. If the states want to keep their state sales tax, that will vary from state to state. 
yeah, so it, we, we really it's can't what speak. the people let them get away with i think what i mean the people that's what in that state let them get away with right well right. There's, a, there's another issue i've been told here in florida uh by some of the people who've been at this longer than i have uh, that the florida sales tax which is six percent if they made it across the board six percent on everything with no exceptions they mm-hmm. could probably reduce it to one or two percent so they could actually make it a smaller sales tax but collected on everything across the board, which is the way the fair tax works. The yeah. fair tax is a tax on everything except education. Education is, is exempted because they want people to gain an education because they get an education, they earn more, and they spend more. Right. Um, you know, if you're trying to talk sense to states like California and New York, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> doesn't actually. I understand that. That's yeah, why that's... I live in Florida and not New York anymore. Yeah. yeah, I grew up in New York, so I know how that goes. Um, <laughs> so here we go. Cyrus 308 has this question. He says, um, ask the fellas from, um, from um, let's see, the government takes 3.3 trillion what would this number be under the consumption tax? And that question is from um, KT in Compton. But, you know, these guys are trying to make sure I ask the question because everything's scrolling up here really fast. As we said before, the fair tax was designed and the 23% rate was set, you know, as a result of all this research that they did into it. And the design goal of the fair tax was create the same amount of revenue for the federal government that the income tax makes. So that's what the, the the level of revenue to the federal government under the fair tax will be, you know, pretty much the same as it is now. The spending side of the equation is a whole different ballgame. There is one advantage, though, to a consumption tax as a source of revenue instead of an income tax. The economy, you know, ebbs and flows. I mean, sometimes it goes bad, sometimes it gets better and so forth. A consumption tax is much more stable because people spend People will st- still have to spend, all right. Uh, whereas a an income tax will waver a lot as the economy goes up and down. So the revenues to the go- government are more stable with a consumption tax than they are with a with a uh, an income tax. So that that's another benefit of the fair tax. And like Bob says, it's revenue neutral. The fair tax is designed to be revenue neutral. It's uh, it's going to give the government the same amount of funding that's going now. The problem, as we already discussed, is that their spending habits are out of control. Yeah. Now, so that brings up something that someone was trying to get me to ask you guys. And by the way, there's lots of questions and things like that coming in. I know people are texting me on my phone. I don't even have my phone. It's over there. I can hear it. I can hear it dinging and going off, but it's connected to one of the computers over there because I am trying to get all the photos and videos and stuff like that off my phone before I go on my trip. So wow. I will I will get around to, to people's stuff. But someone... Um, I mean, a lot. Of, someone mentioned that a lot of the taxes that we have go back to wars, right? And the government uh, deciding that in order to pay for these wars, they're going to tax the people. So well, that's I want how you withholding to, came into being. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So now I want to connect that to this question: If we have something like the fair tax, and there's a war going on that the majority of us in the country don't agree with, can we go on strike against this and refuse to buy stuff? and therefore defund the wars. Well, and, and how do those two things, well, how do they, how does you, that balance out? You can, you can refuse to buy stuff all you want. But you, you gotta know. eat. But you do have, you have to eat. You usually pretty have to have fuel for your car and stuff like that. But yeah, if the only way that you can reduce your fair tax is to spend less or buy used. That's right. But you are in control. 
All right, you, the individual, the family, are in control of your spending habits. Yeah. What you and, can't do is go into Walmart and say, I'm not going to pay the tax on this purchase. <laughs> <laughs> you, you cannot get away with that. You could try it. <laughs> Won't that, get very far. Yeah, it's not going to work. That brings up another issue. we got to talk about evasion of the current income tax. Uh, right. The AFFT commissioned a study that was finished a, a year ago last month. A guy and a professor in Jacksonville, Florida, who's an expert on income tax evasion. Income tax evasion is a huge problem that Congress is ignoring. Right now, last year for 2017, he figured it was $693 billion. $693 billion that was not collected because people are cheating. And it's getting worse. There's, it's about 20%. So one in five people are not paying their income tax. Try to, try to evade a sales tax. Like, like Bob just mentioned, how do you evade a sales tax? Yeah, you know, um, you only know. by only by committing a crime. Um, yeah, you know, only yeah. by not buying something. Yeah, yeah, or trying to steal that thing, or you know, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or or rob those guys at gunpoint, which hopefully everyone will be armed and you will get your comeuppance. <laughs> there you go. Yes, you absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's a there's uh there's quite quite a few questions that are coming in here. Uh, let me see. Good. Let me try to take one. Uh, Justin E says the biggest argument against people say the 1% uh, will not pay as much taxes. Can you guys help out with this question? Like, uh, you know, under this, will the 1% get away without paying taxes? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, they the, will not get away with that. No, they won't. In fact, uh, you know, I can't hold it up to the, to the camera here, but there is a graph. If you, again, you go on to fairtax.org and you look at the white papers, all right. And there is a white paper there. You know, look at the fre frequently asked questions. And mm -hmm. Look at the white papers. And there is a graph that shows the people that are just getting by, like a family of four, uh, according to our prebate schedule, a family of four is uh, it takes about thirty two thousand nine hundred and twenty dollars. This is a figure from Health and Human Services, a federal agency. OK. In, in the uh, uh, 48 contiguous states. All right they would get a prebate of 631. They're gonna break even, all right? They're gonna earn just enough to maintain that family and the prebate is going to reimburse them for the fair tax they're paying on the basic necessities. Now, as you go, the, let's say they get a raise, things go well work and they get a raise. Now they're earning $50,000 the next year. They get the same prebate because it's still a family of four. But, and if they choose to spend that entire $50,000, their effective tax rate is a little higher. So the more you spend, the more you earn and spend, the higher your effective tax rate. And when you get up to be about, a, a you know, spending a million dollars a year, your effective yeah. tax rate is like right around 22 point yeah. something percent. The deal is with a consumption tax, there are no tax havens. Yeah. You can't send your money to the Cayman Islands to avoid taxation. If you spend it under the fair tax, you're going to be taxed, period. Right. Yeah. It, is, it is mathematically impossible. You know, we use the Warren Buffett thing that paid a lower tax rate than his salary, than his secretary did. Well, the only way that happens under the fair tax is if the secretary spends more money than Warren Buffett does. The more you spend, the more you take out of your pocket to pay the fair tax. It's a mathematical certainty. Yeah. And let's say that that rich person orders a yacht from overseas and has it delivered. Once it comes into this country, it's subject to the fair tax. Okay. Okay. So, you know, if this one, makes one so. 1% are going to pay. Ahead. 
Yeah, absolutely. The, the question okay. concerned about the 1%, if, if they continue to spend, you know, at 1% levels, you, you don't evade the consumption tax. No, they would have to at least, they would have all, to at least fuel up, right? They would yeah, have to fuel up the yacht. There are all kinds of all kinds of yeah. tricks that one percent uses to to avoid the income tax and evade the income tax can't do that with a consumption tax. So they they will pay their. It's mathematically impossible not to pay your fair share with a fair tax. Okay, so let me um and you know we're gonna I'll we'll show some Gorn. By the way, guys, that's gun porn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the fo the folks the folks asked for that. I just wanted to let you know. I don't know if you you know about that or not. So we will show some gun stuff here in a second. Absolutely. <laughs> I think this is a I think this is a good this is a good uh, conversation. All right, I Here's can a show question. You mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Here's a question. Well, yeah. We'll, well, yeah, let's let's hold off on that for a sec. Um, you know, um, the question I wanted to ask: If this makes this makes so much sense, it sounds reasonable, all of that good stuff. How come we don't have it? Why don't we have it right now? Why isn't this the law of the land? Well, the short answer is because the politicians are uh, addicted to the you know uh, campaign cash that K Street lobbyists pay out. Yeah, you know those twelve hundred proposals to change the tax code. There's a lobbyist behind just about every one of them. Yeah, yeah. So we we don't get it because the politicians are writing the tax code to uh, benefit themselves rather than to benefit the people. It's that simple. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, um, I see there's a lot of chatter out there. People say uh, they don't see how this can be ever be enacted. Um, you know, I, I think um, it's going to be a heavy lift because it's, you know, runs counter to what the politicians best interests for themselves are. Right. And, and that's, then Josh, why there, that's why go there's got to be enough people out there demanding it that that uh, politicians realize if they don't support it, they're going to lose. Until that happens, then we've got a really heavy lift in front of us. So. Right. The, you're, the people who are listening, you can help out by letting other people know about the Fair Tax Podcast. All right. That's a good way. We have a half hour podcast. The, a new one is posted every Friday morning. Um, that's one way. Tell people to go to fairtax.org. We depend on you. We don't have uh, enough money to run flashy TV ads nationwide. That takes big bucks. We don't have that. All right. But we do have people and we have people that vote. And you folks need to talk to each other. You need to tell other people about the fair tax. Study up, buy the book, you know, the book by Bortz and Linder. Mm -hmm. uh, there's actually two of them. And yeah. uh, I, would, I would suggest buying the one with the red cover. Uh, it was published in, in uh, 08. Yeah, white so, one first and then the red one. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he had another question for us here, though. Yeah, I think uh, Joshua Levy says the 1% already pay 40% of the taxes. What do you guys yeah. say to that? That's true. They do pay a lot of taxes. Yeah. Well, just yeah. like we said, under the fair tax, the more you spend, the more you take out of your pocket, period. And if you've got, you know, $15 million in disposable income, you're going to spend more money than somebody that only has $20,000 in disposable income. Yeah, right. that simple. Real simple. Yeah. Atomic Bull says, no way it's happening. This government will keep the current tax system and add a consumption tax to it. That's way more likely. What do you say? What do you say to that? I mean, it doesn't work like that, right? I mean, that's just... Nope. Raising taxes, basically. Nope, because uh, in the tax bill, by the way, the fair tax bill, H.R. 25 in the House and S. 18 in the Senate, it's 130 something pages long. That's it. And a, and a good portion of that rescinds the current tax code. A good portion of that, when it's signed by the president, rescinds the current tax code, allows the IRS to finish up what they're doing. They got three years to finish up and then they're gone. The other provision is that the uh, it gives uh, sister legislation 
will have to repeal the 16th Amendment. It is required in the fair tax bill that the 16th Amendment be repealed. If the 16th Amendment is not repealed within the normal seven years, then the fair tax goes away, the income tax goes back in place. What's the 16th Amendment? The 16th Amendment was uh, ratified in 1913. As originally written, the Constitution prohibited an income tax. You know, they said, not going to do that. And it was challenged in court. And in the late 1800s, the Supreme Court ruled an income tax unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. So the folks that wanted to put in this income tax had to get a constitutional amendment through that specifically allowed the federal government to levy an income tax. And that was the 13th Amendment. And of course, the uh, 13th, 16th Amendment is in 1913. I'm getting that. But uh, of course, (laughs) it was originally sold as, oh, this is just going to be a little tax. It's only going to hit a few people, the very richest. So go ahead and give us this authority because it's not going to mess with you. And within 30 years, less than a generation uh, it was hitting everybody, and they were taking money out of your paycheck. That's when withholding came along during World yeah. War II. That, so remind, that it, reminds it morphed me. into something really nasty really fast. Absolutely. That reminds me of the guy who says, it's just a tip, baby. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. So, and okay. you know, it's never just never just a tip, never just a little bit. So, um, okay, hold on one second. Um, let me see. L.B. Louis Cipher says that his sugar mama is a tax pro and about to go to law school to be a tax attorney. And she'd never go for this because it would put her out of business. Not no. so. We've got a friend, as we mentioned earlier, we've got a friend in Denver, Colorado, who is a CPA for one of the biggest you know, accounting firms in the country. And he has said, yes, tax things are one of the things that CPAs and accountants do, but they have got several other lines of business which which they help people. And if that particular, you know, tax preparation stuff goes away, there will still be plenty of things to do for uh, for the accounting folks to yeah. do that. This guy works for one of the big four accounting firms. He knows what he's talking about. He found our podcasts and he sent us a short email. And that's what it said. He <laughs> sent us uh, just a short email to tell you guys, uh, I like what you're doing. His short email was two, two pages, single spaced. All right. Oh, I guess okay. that, that's <laughs> short to an accountant. And he said he told us because he happened to be in Florida on a, a business trip. So he came to the, the Bob studio and, and recorded a couple of episodes of Fairtax Power Radio. He said, CPAs are trained to be skeptical. So when I heard about this from my brother, I was very skeptical and I kept reading it. Now, he not only read the books, he read the legislation. He read the, the research papers. He read the research papers, Hank. I yeah, mean, that's, yeah. And yeah. he understood them. This okay? guy has time. And he, yeah. he has become a true believer. I mean, this guy knows his stuff. Yeah. So, no. The CPA bottom line is it will not put them out of business. It will just direct their business in another direction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Let me um, – so Compton Terry has another question or a comment. He says, currently the government takes a $3.3 trillion in total tax revenue. What would this number be under the consumption tax? Same. The same. Okay. Same. Yep. Fair taxes, revenue neutral. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, we can we can keep we can keep going here. We should probably take a little bit of a break. I, well, actually, I know someone wanted to know about schools. What about schools, uh, roads, public school funding, et cetera? What would happen? Those um, are revenue issues. And uh, that's not part of the, what the fair tax is for. The fair tax is, I'm sorry, those are spending issues. The fair okay. tax is a revenue issue. It only tells Congress how it gets the money. Congress still has to make decisions on how it spends the money. But okay. 
It's going to take all this wrangling about the tax code away because the fair tax is simple. The only thing Congress can do is change the tax rate. They can do that. But if they do, they change it for everybody. They can't play class warfare. They can't play favorites. Okay, so it'll let Congress concentrate on spending and we can pay more attention to what they're doing. But when the fair tax lights up the economy like the you know space shuttle used to light up the night sky out here, yeah. there yeah. there will be more money coming into the federal government with the same 23 percent rate. Yeah. 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 Because and the, right. OK. And then uh, who says uh, or his name is who say wants to know what about the state taxes, which I know we discussed before, you know, um, and I and I recommend lots of people who are jumping in now. First of all, click the thumbs ups because we need those. That's one. Go. Give us as many thumbs ups as possible. OK, that helps get the message out there. But if you're just now jumping back, if you go back to the beginning of this, you'll find some very informative information about zombie raccoons as well, <laughs> as, well as some good information from Bob. And, and, and uh, again, the, the, the fair tax is a national issue. And what different states are going to do with their state taxes just kind of remains to be seen and is no doubt going to vary from state to state. So we can't really discuss that because we don't know. Yeah. 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 So uh, um, there's some other things here. Bill Gates says fraud would be rampant. Fraud is rampant under the current system. Fraud yeah. would go way down under the fair tax. How do you evade the fair tax? Yeah. You don't. Yeah. When you buy things, it's included in the price. Do you it's see frequent... Newspaper articles about somebody defrauding the sales tax. It's very hard to do, okay? But there's lots of articles about uh, identity thefts through the, the income tax because somebody's hacked into the IRS computers, which are pretty old, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. Lots of problems. People file their income tax, and the, the IRS reports back and said, we already got your tax return. <laughs> yeah. So getting rid of fraud is one of the biggest reasons yeah. to pass yeah. the fair tax. Yeah. Well, and I think this is also an issue like when you're talking about, um, you know, we, we have this issue with the people that are trying to take guns away from us. They say the solutions to the problem to the problems that people have in America right now and people around the world is to take away guns from us. And that's not true. Right. Because people are going to find ways of committing acts of violence against people. What yeah. guns do is allow us to defend ourselves against right. those people. Yeah, well, I absolutely. think the same thing goes to the same thing goes for everything else. You know, there's always going to be those people out there that try to evade taxes or find ways and do workarounds and all that kind of yeah, stuff. But you could not start with a blank piece of paper and design a more fraud prone, a more error prone or a more intrusive system than the income tax we've got now. You just couldn't do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the states, 45, by the way, the fair tax will be collected by the states. They'll be collected at the point of sale by the vendor, passed on to the state taxing authority. All right. The vendor will get a small stipend for their troubles and the state will get a quarter of a percent of what they collect, too. The 45 of the 50 states already have a sales tax. They know what to do. They know how to find fraud and they know how to deal with these people. You don't want to try to defraud the state of Florida with, you know, if you're collecting a sales tax because they will come down on you like a oh, ton yeah, of they, bricks. Yeah, they don't, yeah. Mess, they don't mess around. If Rain Rodriguez has a good question, did you did you have a, a comment there, Bob? Sorry. Now, I, yeah, I was just going to say that uh, with a fair tax right now, the, the enforcement points, if you will, goes from, you know, 180 million individuals like we've got under the uh, income tax to a much, much smaller number of, of uh, you know, vendors and retailers. 
Yeah. So okay. the enforcement will be a lot, a lot easier to do because there's be a lot more, a lot fewer, you know, people yeah. to audit if you. And will. instead of one agency trying to enforce it, they'll have fifty agencies each state. Now, yeah. for the five states that don't have a sales tax, they can either implement one on their own, an adjacent state can help them and, and do it for them, or they can have the federal government come in. Yeah. I, I, rec- I don't recommend the last one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead okay. with the next question. Yes. So, yeah, I was, I, I'm, you know, I was trying to take a break, but I think this is actually, <laughs> and not like stop the show, but go to some other things, which we are going to do. We are going to okay. get to some gun porn. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, for the folks out there that want to know, Efrain Rodriguez um, says drug dealers taxed, exclamation point. Drug dealers will be taxed when they buy things. They're yeah. not taxed now because they don't report their illicit income under on a federal income tax return. They have to eat. But when they buy things, when they buy their, uh, you know, big fancy cars and their airplanes and their food, anything else they need, any, a drug dealer, anybody that's making, you know, cash under the table that is not being reported for federal tax purposes now becomes a taxpayer when they buy stuff in the retail store. Here you yeah. go. I think there's a couple of things going on here. One, uh, on a serious level, this is why. Have you guys ever seen, do you guys know what donks are? Do you know I do not. Is? Yeah. Have you ever seen these old classic cars from like the 70s and they have these big, massive wheels and they're jacked oh, up off the oh yes. Yeah, yeah, I have. The yeah. Reason, OK, so those are called donks. Jim. Oh, OK. <laughs> I just educated you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Appreciate that. Wait, wait a minute. I'm over 70. Old classic cars are like 30s and 40s to me. Okay? Oh, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, the, what's, and what I, I was like gonna, my Superbird, my 70s Superbird. Yeah, actually, one. these guys, uh, in some cases, they ruin some some pretty cool cars. But. The thing I was going to say to you, the reason why you see that here in Florida and other places a lot is because if you spend over nine hundred and ninety nine, if you spend over nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars, it has to get reported. Right. So what those guys do is they go buy those 70s cars because that's what they can buy. Those are getting more expensive. So now they're going up to like 80s cars. You'll Mm -hmm. notice that's why you'll notice that's going now towards 80s and 90s cars. Mm -hmm. Right. So they they have to buy a car under that amount of money. They buy it under that amount of money, and then they spend a bunch of money that they're making to do all these crazy things so they can look like they're balling, and they have a really a really nice car. That's one of the reasons for that. That's why, first of all, that's why you guys see those uh, donks going around, which okay. now you'll know. Like when, Now I know what they are. Yeah, when you're out driving around the streets here now and you see well, one of those. I know what like, they're called. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of them around here. Yeah. 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 Like they're donks. They're donks. OK, so that's one thing. The other thing is, I mean, I think even with a question with with drugs and everything, I think that's one of the problems that we have. My personal opinion that there's a lot of stuff that really should not be illegal because all it's doing is creating these kinds of industries. Right. Where there's people out there um, selling drugs and doing all the things related to that, just like you have with prohibition here in America. And yeah. they're generating a lot of money because they've made this thing into a gray market, you know, or black market item. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned prohibition. Great example. I mean, mm-hmm. th- that was a colossal failure, you know? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know if there's any other, co- you know what, let's, so let's go to some gun stuff here for a sure. second. Do it. Um, yeah, let's do that here. And then we'll come back to this. I'm sure there'll be more comments and questions and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Your Go audience ahead, is dying for some gun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I, I did Cigar. promise this. I did promise this at the beginning. So this oh, yeah. is this is the Caltech PMR30. 
like I said, 22 Magnum. It goes in this magazine. This is a 30 round magazine. Yeah, I usually I usually put about 25 rounds in there because you know uh, 22 Magnum has a very soft shell casing, so you have to be careful how you stack those up in here. Mm-hmm. Um, you could bend them and, and do all kinds of things, get rim lock, etc. It's rim fire. Oh, it's one of the problems, right, with 22 Magnum. So you can run into some issues, but it's a very very lightweight gun. Um, I think the retail price on something like this is like $3.99 or something like that. They're becoming more and more available. There's lots of different colors out there. This is a really nice one. So anyway, just wanted to share that with the folks. I don't know if anyone has uh, questions on that out here, out there. And then let me see. Are you guys, what kind of guns are you guys into? I'm into bullpups. I just have, I have uh, two handguns. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah, I've yeah. got a Glock 19 and a Smith and Wesson M&P Shield. Yeah. Oh, okay, very nice, very nice choices. What What about you? Uh, yeah, what about I've you? got I got a Sig uh, nine millimeter, and I got a 380 for my wife. She has uh, arthritis in her fingers, and that's the only thing she can rack. Oh, okay, yes, yeah. I understand that. I understand yeah. that. So no, so you guys are saying no bull pups? No. <laughs> <laughs> not not yeah. that I'm opposed no to it. I just yeah. Don't have <laughs> yeah, this is like one of the one of the classic. Uh, classically popular bullpups the steyer aug so we've got mm-hmm. one here uh, i'm this is not mine this belongs to big daddy guns we were talking about them before and i i borrowed this one i am trying to get one I'm trying to get my hands on that now this is like a, a contrast to the pmr 30 this is a 5.7 pistol from fn fn 5.7 and i think uh what is this i think this is like 25 rounds that goes in here 5.7 center center fire uh, very fast traveling round, also very light gun. The PMR 30 is the poor man's 5.7. Okay, that so, works. You know, you guys might not understand that, but I think that there's people out there that know what I'm talking about. They're oh, kind of similar. This is like, you know, so let's say Mercedes, Volkswagen. Okay. <laughs> Mercedes, Volkswagen. <laughs> hey, that works. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going on with that. Um, let's see. <laughs> let's see uh, what... Uh, um, so, okay, so someone wants to know if you guys know what bullpups are. Do you know what a bullpup is? That used to be a missile. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there, there, was a, there was a military missile by that name a while back. It's yeah, a while. yeah. And, and, you know, there's obviously like bulldog puppies or bullpups, I mm-hmm. guess. But basically a bullpup is all the action takes place behind the trigger. Okay. So, um, so because of that, you have a, a smaller form. It's the same. You have the same barrel length, even though it looks, it looks like a shorter barrel here. The barrel oh, goes further back. Yeah. Yeah. So, and everything is taking place back here. That's why this is your magazine well right yeah. here. Okay. So oh. it makes a, a shorter format. So without, if you had, um, if you had a shorter, a short barrel rifle would be like a, a normal. A normal rifle with a shorter barrel, right? You have to get, you have to do paperwork and everything for that. It's an SBR. You have to do paperwork with the ATF and everything to have it. This, you don't have to do that because you have the the required uh, 16 inch barrel length. But just the way that it's built, it gives it a shorter thing, so you mm. can, you know you can move around. So that's where these have been around. I think people will probably tell me that I'm wrong, but I think these have been around since like the 50s. Hmm. Oh, really? I may have to snag me one. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. I collect bullpups, so I don't, you know, I don't really know. Don't tell these guys, but I don't really know anything about guns. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> 
Um, let's see if there's any other uh, questions in here. Um, okay, I can't see. Okay, someone said it's a nice AUG. That's actually a Steyr AUG. I'm trying to get my hands on one myself. You know, like basically, I think with like anything else, you collect what you, you know, what you like. What kind of stuff are you guys into? Obviously, I know you do a lot of work for fair tax and all of that. I know your gun guys, you have your concealed weapon weapons permits. What do you yep. what do you dudes do for fun other than that? I collect railroad signals. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, he does. He does. Yeah, I do. I've got an H2 searchlight and I've got a magnetic flagman wigwag crossing signal. I'm not sure. Only railroad people will understand what I'm so, saying. Are these working railroad things? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So these are in your house and you're. The H2 is in my house. The searchlight signals in my house. My wigwag's out on the back porch. Oh, cool. Right. Okay, so you can set that off whenever you want, huh? Well, uh, yeah, I don't I know if this will work. Oh, here, I'll lock it on you guys. Hold on, I'll lock it on you. Just hold it up to the camera. Hold it up closer. Yeah, there you go. A little bit closer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right there. That's good. Yep, there it is. In all its radiant glory. That's my wigwag. He shot that this afternoon. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, does your wife love that? <laughs> My wife doesn't really care one way or the other. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, you have to have a very understanding wife to have. <laughs> yeah, I do. So, how did you get? How did you get into this? I I just always like trains. <laughs> oh, okay. Collecting some railroad memorabilia, and I got a friend of mine in Ocala who just lives and breathes railroading. So, uh, it kind of some of him kind of rubbed off. Yeah, yeah. Of, of course, I, I collect Rubik's cubes. Oh yes, I saw that when you came well. in. That was cool. What is that? That's that, go ahead, hold that up to the camera again. That's pretty cool. I saw that in your hand when you came in. This is called a Mega Binks. It's got twelve faces on it, but it actually solves pretty much like a three by three Rubik's cube. I've got three dozen Rubik's cubes at the house, from two by two all the way up to nine by nine. And of course, I can solve them all because they all solve the same way. But this oh. is kind of cool. This takes about six minutes for me to solve. Oh, really? Okay. I would like to see you unsolve that one and resolve it in whatever time we have left. How about well, that? We, oh, yeah. Okay. I, love, I, I can do that. You're, you're up to the challenge. Okay. I am up to the challenge. Yeah, Bob, make sure that's nicely mixed up. We Don't let oh, him mix well. it up however he wants to, Bob. We want you to mix that up a little. Matter of fact, I'll send my, I'm going to send, I'm going to send my production assistant over there to mix that. Don't, don't mix it up. Make sure it's properly mixed up here. We don't want to cheat the people so bob while he's while he's doing that bob what okay. are you into ron ron i'm sorry ron i'm sorry I'm mixing when, you guys up ron what are you my into my wife and i uh, get out and torture ourselves on the golf course we actually live in a golf course community and uh, oh, okay. we enjoy it uh but uh since i became president of the florida fair tax i've really been spending a lot of time on this uh, like I said, we thought we were going to retire and do this a little bit, but uh, it's turned into a full-time job, but it's because we're passionate about it. We have seven grandchildren. We're very concerned about the direction of the country. The fair tax will help us turn things around. It really will It'll get the government. Out. Bob and I did a podcast that's going to uh, uh, go live at six o'clock tomorrow morning. And what we did was we took our, our my tax software and we went through the income portion of it. And it's amazing, Hank, the different types of things that of income that the IRS wants a piece of, even to the point where, uh, you, you know, somebody has, uh, has to do a short sale on their house. They, mm -hmm. And I know somebody that bought a house, a, a, a nice house, the market tanked, 
then their company moved them out of state and they had to sell the house and they couldn't because they owed a lot more. Okay. So they had to do a short sale. The IRS will tax you on the amount of money that was re, uh, that was relieved by that short sale. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it's crazy. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Okay, you could tell my production assistant right now to give that back to, I think he's fairly, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, get, his name is Gabe. Okay, well, we'll hold it go up ahead. here. Let, let everybody take yeah. a look yeah. at it. Let the folks see it. Here, hold on, hold on. I'm going to lock this on you so the people can watch and make okay. sure that there's no trickery going on here. Okay, go ahead, have at it. That's pretty well scrambled. It'll take yeah, about six see. or seven minutes to do this. Okay, let's see how you do this. <laughs> okay. So um, have you been playing golf for a long time, Ron? Um, let's see now, 18, about 12 years. Oh, okay, cool. I was yeah. just wondering if you were doing that and when I you still, were in New York. still haven't broke 90. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But, but well, one, day, one day I'm going to retire and, and uh, actually play a little more golf. But uh, right now, you know, Florida is a great place. I mean, even in the wintertime, you can go out and enjoy what would up north be a nice spring day, get out on the golf course for, you know, a, a three and a half, four hours. And even though it's sometimes kind of frustrating, it's still rewarding. You know, yes. it's it's a nice sport. So that's almost yeah. as much fun as shooting 250 at your bowling league today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Somebody's bragging. Oh yeah. Okay. So the, obviously, it's not just Rubik's cubes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into bowling as well. Yeah. So and of course, thing- one of the things that we had we had a little argument one time the, that there was a bill in Congress that wanted to make since golf is good exercise and good for you physically, they Tax wanted it. you know. No, they actually wanted to make a tax exemption that, that golf equipment, you'd get a tax break. And I said, well, that's no fair that you golfers get a break on your equipment that we bowlers don't. <laughs> so yeah, um, we had an argument tax, with Fair Tax yeah. Bar Radio about that. Yeah, if they're going to give someone a tax break, they need to give the gun guys. Cause, come oh, on. yes, there you go. absolutely. <laughs> We're protecting America. Yeah, way to go. That's, that's right. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. So, so that, and we do a little traveling and we go, you know, go around the country and uh, see our grandchildren and so forth. We got to make our annual pilgrimage up to uh, New York State because our two sons live up there and five of our grandchildren, although some of them are in college now, our grandchildren are getting up there, too, mm-hmm. which is a little scary when you stop and think about it. If you got grandchildren in college, then you're only five or 10 years from being a great grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It's I think it's a good thing that you uh, keep, you know, that you're you're still doing stuff. I think that's going to help you be here to to be a great, great grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen so. too fast. I know you don't want that to happen too fast. <laughs> yeah. So, OK. So now and the thing I'm going to ask Ron just to throw him off while he's putting that Rubik's Cube together. That's Oh, I'm so, you know, why am I mixing you guys up? Okay, I'm going to ask Bob. <laughs> I don't okay. it's Yeah, why the tr- Listen, there's a lot of things I like about trains, man. There's a lot of things I like about trains, okay? Uh-huh. The most annoying thing about trains is those things that stop me, you know, when I'm going someplace <laughs> and closes the whole the whole road down so the trains <laughs> could go through. I hate those things. Well, the alternative is the alternative is getting hit by a train. Take <laughs> well, of course, yes. Uh, yes, it is good for safety reasons. But, you know, when you're sitting there, that ding, 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 thing coming down and blocking uh-huh. is very – So with that being said, how did you get into collecting these things? I just always liked trains. <laughs> and my mom would take me out back when we, when we had only one car. We had to take Dad to work. There was a railroad yard not far from where he was at, and uh, 
So we just go back there and watch the trains after uh, after we drop Dad off at work, and I just have been fascinated with them all ever since, as long as I can remember. So yeah. co- just collecting some of the equipment has has come later, but it's yeah. it's it's just trains have always just been a, a kind of a fascination hobby of mine. He's got a picture of him in in the engineer's position of this massive. Oh yes, I I, dr- I have train. I have driven a massive steam locomotive. It was really cool. Unbelievable. And, I mean, and any railroad people would know the Norfolk and Western 611. It was a uh, big, big passenger locomotive designed back in the 50s that Norfolk and Western used to use, and they, they kind of restored it for, uh, for excursion purposes. And uh, they had a deal up there in North Carolina last year where you could go up and actually drive this thing. So okay. I, have driven, I have driven a steam locomotive. That's, that was one of my bucket list items that I had to oh, go do. Sweet. Very cool. Yeah, Armament and Axis says his oldest grandchild is almost 10. So in under 10 years, he could be a great grandfather. So that's awesome. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Um, and then so the other thing I wanted to ask here, and Lola has actually written out a little thing that goes Ron on the left, Bob on the right. <laughs> Bob in orange, Ron in blue. There you go. Now notice uh, we think, came in, notice we did bring our gator colors tonight. Yeah, yeah, there you okay. go. Awesome, awesome. Go gators. Okay, so what do you guys think of the new proposed taxes on gun sales and uh, NFA items, all that kind of stuff? Have you guys heard about that? Seen that? No, but I'm not surprised. It's just another insidious way. First off, using the word assault weapon, all right, they're trying to control the language. If you listen to Mark Levin, who's on the radio right now, all right. Uh, um, I hope we're not making you miss Mark. No, no. no. Get his we get his podcast. We go back but and listen to he, it. He later. always talks about how the left tries to control the language. And you're right. You can't get him, let them get away with assault weapon. There's no such thing as an assault weapon or everything is an assault weapon. You know, yeah. a butter knife could be an assault weapon. All right. Yeah. So these taxes are the same thing. You get a little tax here and a little tax there and so forth. And that once they get their foot in the door. They try and then they want a tax on ammunition and they want a tax on this and so forth. No, that's not what the Second Amendment says. Shall not be infringed. Absolutely. Uh, Suggestion either. Yeah. 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 You know what? I think we all agree with you out there. And, you know, obviously something has to be done with this. The thing that I keep going back to is that I think, you know, at some point here in America, we have to get sick and tired of all the crap that's going on and we have to make some changes. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to wind up like the rest of the messed up places in the world. And the problem with that is no one else in the world is going to let us go across their borders into their countries. That's and right. We and we don't even want to go. Uh Oh, whoa. Look at that. <laughs> look at that. Wow. That's pretty well done, man. And I think you did that in less than 10. That's like. I'm going to say that was about seven minutes. That's that's about yes. normal. Yeah, about six, seven minutes. Very well done. That's that's amazing. You can multitask, too. Yeah, and that's, that's yeah. all the interruptions. Was, You're asking me questions in the yeah, process. Yeah, I was trying to throw you off, man. I was trying to throw you <laughs> off. Yeah, I mean, we, don't, we don't play fair around here. <laughs> well, you know what they say. If you find yourself in a fair gunfight, you're not doing it right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I always want to cheat in a gunfight or any, anything. There you go. <laughs> anything for that matter. I'm one of those guys we were talking about later, especially, and I'm just trying to bring this back around, guys, you know, with those zombie raccoons out there. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Well, my my you Glock is careful. ready for them. 
Yeah, we were talking yesterday. We were I think it was yesterday. We were talking about ways, things to do with the border. You know, one of the things in the news right now is the border. There's a whole bunch of people that that are just headed through Mexico to the border. Have you guys heard about this? Uh, we oh, have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So we 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 were talking about this and we we're talking about different ways to deal with this. And I think I think that this is a way, Lola. If we dig trenches and then we take all the zombie raccoons and put them in the trenches, <laughs> hey, no one's going to come across the border. I think you're on to something there, bro. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, that's what we need. So we get, so don't shoot the zombie raccoons. Yeah. Send them to the border. Catch them and send them to the border. Yeah, send them the I think if you just put signs on the border with that catch raccoon crossing, release them into the into the moat there. Yeah, so crazy. This might work. Yeah, I think if that's the case, we want to train. We want to make those. uh, We need to like figure out how they become zombie raccoons and zombify all the raccoons. (laughs) Yeah, just (laughs) you you know, Um, a a more serious note. My parents came from Italy, all right, when they were children. They came here with their parents, you know, my grandparents and so forth. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple issue to me. They did their paperwork in Italy. They came here on the boat. They got processed through uh, Ellis Island. They became uh, American citizens, all right? Mm -hmm. They assimilated. In fact, I'll give you this little story. When my parents retired, my dad had this dream of going back to Italy and living. He just he just couldn't wait to do that. So they finally they finally did that. Mm-hmm. After about three months, my dad was ready to come home. My mother oh, said, yeah. "No, we're staying here a year. You're getting it out of your system." My after living here for fifty years, he couldn't wait to get back to the U.S., which was his home now. All yeah. right. Yeah. So that's what that's what we expect of immigrants. Yeah. You want to come here and live and assimilate. That's great. You know, well, we welcome you with open arms. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm an immigrant. My family immigrated here to America. So is Lola. And what always drives me crazy is that people leave countries, you know, where I was born in Guyana. That's, you know, that's uh, 75 percent Amazons in South America. Beautiful people, beautiful place. Um, it's the country in the world that has the most waterfalls. I can go on and on, but there's, wow. no, way, there's no way in hell I want to live there. And people leave all these places around the world that they live and they come to America and they leave these places for a reason. Yep. They leave them for a reason. There's people that don't want to live in England and they come here because, and, and you know, well, England's not, you know, it's a certain, there's a very slim window of when England is awesome, yeah. but People leave there because of taxes and all these kinds of things that we talk about. You know, there was this thing in the news about a guy in England or a family, the a husband and wife, they were sleeping. Someone broke into their house. The guy goes to the kitchen or whatever. He gets into a fight. Two guys broke into the house. One of them had a um, one of them had a, a, a screwdriver. And so they get into a fight and the guy grabs a kitchen knife and stabs the guy. Both of them run out of the house. Um the, the the guy that was not stabbed was trying to get the stabbed guy into a van or something like that to drive away. He couldn't move him, left him there. And the neighbors came out and everything. The guy that was stabbed wound up dying, wound up dying. Now the police have gone and arrested the homeowner for that. In I think I heard of that story. That is yeah, crazy. insane. Yeah. You know, and so this is the thing. You can't even defend yourself in your own home in England. Why would you why would you want to live there? And people don't want to live there. Yeah, um, you know, I like the castle doctrine here in Florida. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you know, um, it, it's it's really crazy when people do that, and um, I think that we leave the countries we come from because they're so terrible. Don't come to America and try to make make America into that. I'm not saying America's perfect. We are making it better, and it's and it's 
a thousand times better than anywhere else in the world. Yeah, my parents never completed high school. I mean, they came here when they were, mom was 12, dad was 14. Uh, they never completed high school. They had to work and so forth to support their parents. And, and uh, But they made a life for themselves. My parents ran a dry cleaning and laundry store, and they had a good living. They had five children, and we did, we did well. I mean, they had a great dress code, although I noticed in the movies, in the old home movies, the dress code got relaxed as more children came along. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> But yeah. uh, that's what they did. I mean, they came to this country to have a better life, and they did. Yeah. And Lola's going to kill me about this because um, Stefano Dog says uh, raccoons here get huge. I'm not sure where he is. Um, I think raccoons are everywhere around the country, right? Is there a place in America where there's no raccoons? I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't so. think you'll find too many in Nome, Alaska, but uh, <laughs> hey, maybe there might be some snow raccoons. Barrows <laughs> Point might be a little bit tough, too, because that's a yeah. Arctic Ocean. But the thing with raccoons, I think I just have a, a obsession with raccoons because when Lola and I, we bought our first house, we grew up. I grew up in New York. She grew up in Maryland and uh, we, we met in New York and we moved to New Jersey when we started having uh, before we had kids. And then when we bought our first house, I always remember this. When you have your first house, you don't have like blinds everywhere. You know, you don't have furniture. And I remember Lola, right. went, she went to work and I was like painting the uh, basement part of the house. And there were these like sliding doors that went out to the to the back patio and all that kind of stuff. So I was painting and I took a break and I sat down there at the patio doors and it was kind of like night and I'm sitting there and a raccoon just comes right up to the to the thing and scared the bejeebas out of me. <laughs> wow. And I just remember screaming like a little like a little baby girl. <laughs> I, you know, I remember that. And I, and I remember telling her, like, that's what the hell's going on? You know, because I mean, we weren't living in New Jersey that long. And I'd never I've never in my life seen raccoons up until that moment. And to me, it looked like a werewolf or something. <laughs> I'm just saying. So well, that's when you're a, not expecting it, I guess it would. Yeah, that's my that's my traumatic moment with the uh, raccoons. <laughs> with the I'm raccoons yeah. Yeah. Uh, hence the story. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to share that with you guys. OK, so let's go back here. I don't know if um, if there's um, some other things which uh, someone said, I carry my revolver in single action wants to know which is meaner, a badger or a raccoon? So I think I've never had a personal encounter with either one, but I think a badger would be. Yeah, that's my, yeah, that's saying, my uh, yeah. understanding. Yeah, I'm going to say badger. Yeah. I'd shoot them both uh, if they came after me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Richard Hughes says trash panda. I get, are, they, are those both trash pandas or just raccoons are trash pandas, basically, right? Uh, raccoons are, are they have opposable thumbs yeah they're scavengers they can yeah, yeah. and okay. they are scavenger and they can really get into things um, yeah yeah because they have they have like little hands like ours right uh, right so i don't know about a badger but yeah and so and they're nocturnal like we discussed before and so yeah they they make a big mess you leave stuff outside and the raccoons will get it although yeah. i have we seen raccoons around around rocala uh Occasionally, route out in the Cala National Forest, yeah, but I okay. really haven't seen any out right. where we live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we definitely see them here. Stefano Dog says raccoons are in the Wolverine slash Weasel. How the hell do how are Wolverines and Weasels related to each other? <laughs> oh mercy! So he says they're in the Wolverine slash Weasel family. Okay. Do not mess with them; they will eat your cat too. Ooh, is that true? Oh, they can Fortun be vicious. Fortunately, I don't have a cat. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so so let's get back to the fair tax here before we wrap up <laughs> real so quick for a really good, short good time idea. yeah absolutely richard hughes wants to know does the fair tax encourage single parent homes encourage single, single parent, parent homes I, I don't know i'm not sure what's the you might have to elaborate on that I'm like do you sure think because, I, don't, I don't think I've that never, the fair tax affects that well maybe he, maybe he's saying because of the poverty because of what you were saying with the poverty level that people might just you know I've i think listen i think that way has already encouraged single parent homes in my personal opinion I, i'm not sure how the so. fair tax would bear on that one way or the other yeah, uh, it would make every household, you know, a little bit easier to to get along. Um, but well, a, a single parent home, as opposed to a dual parent home, would single parent home would get a smaller prebate because your right. household size is smaller. Yeah. So I would think if you want to look at it that way, the fair tax would encourage, you know, the the two parent households because a two parent household gets a bigger prebate than a single parent household. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that um, welfare has done uh, a lot of damage to the American family structure. Oh, no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't see how we can make it any worse than it is, you know, um, except to re remove the motivations for people to, to be in those situations. So, mm -hmm. um, OK, you know what? I'm going to let you guys I'm going to give you guys an opportunity here in the last couple of minutes to uh, tell folks uh, who you are, how to get in touch with you, et cetera, on social media. And I know you have a podcast and other things. So how about you talk to the folks one more time about that? OK, real quickly, we do have a email address, the fair tax guys, all one word, the fair tax guys at Gmail dot com. We check that fairly regularly. Yep. And uh, we're on Facebook. We've got a Facebook uh, page, you know, Facebook guys, uh, fair tax guys, Facebook page. We do a Facebook live usually about once a month. We're a little bit behind on that. We're going to try to do one here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, but, I think uh, we're going to do it right around tax time. Yeah, just, just I think the Monday before tax day is when we're going to be on live on, on Facebook, on our yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that, that's the best way. The, the fair tax guys at gmail.com and our uh, Facebook page is the best way to get a hold of directly directly yep. to get to us. And we get a lot of good comments. Like I said, we, we discovered uh, this, this young man from uh, from Colorado who's a CPA. He's been a huge asset to us. I mean, if we have a question, you know, I'm a retired science teacher and, and Bob is a programmer and radio DJ. So we're not natural tax and econ economists, okay? So when we get stuck, we have some people we can talk to. Uh, but we've had a lot of people, uh, for instance, one of the little projects we were doing, somebody said, we need to come up with a fair tax mascot. Okay, raccoons. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think we get a, get a fair <laughs> tax raccoon. Yeah, that has been raccoon. suggested. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> the tax bandit. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Good one. Good one. Good one. So we have some great suggestions coming in from people and sometimes some some good information. Take a look at this video and so forth. So we really appreciate people emailing us. We get some great information like that. And yeah, we appreciate or, you having us here tonight. Thanks a lot. This, oh, thank yeah, you. This is very good for us. Yep. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for coming and staying here the whole time and for doing what, you, what you're what you doing and trying to get out there and change America. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we all appreciate that. Uh, I'm sure my audience does. So on behalf of them, I want to thank you guys for coming on. And of course, we'll have you come back here again. Please, guys, go follow these these uh, gentlemen on social media and uh, listen to their podcasts. I want to remind everyone that in the description of this video, there's lots of links to all the stuff that we talk about. 
um, HankStrange.tv. You guys need to go there and register your email so we can communicate with you. As well as, um, you know, I, I work here for Big Daddy Guns and Big Daddy Unlimited is one of our new projects. Just imagine it, um, if you wanted to save money on buy if you buy if you're like me and you buy a lot of guns, ammo, accessories, and things like that. Big Daddy Unlimited is a way for you to buy those things at wholesale prices. There is a membership for it. It's ten dollars a month. So for about one hundred and twenty dollars a year, you can save thousands of dollars on your purchases. So check out Big Daddy Unlimited. We have a link in the description here. It's basically think about it as like Amazon Prime for guns. Yeah, there you go. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, I encourage you guys to check that out. I want to thank everyone that supports us on Patreon. We're Patreon slash Hank Strange. I want to thank everyone in the chat, all the folks that have uh, that are hanging out here with us tonight. Uh, we're not going to be here tomorrow or for the rest of next week. We are going to put up uh, different videos and things like that. And I will be doing some videos out in Vegas. I'm going to the broadcasting show. So uh, please, guys, you can help me out by looking at those videos, sharing them and all that kind of stuff. And we'll be back the following week. So um, did you guys have any last words before we go? Yeah, I'm Bob Paxton. And I'm Ron Malero. Reminding you the fair tax is America's big solution. And once you understand it, you'll demand it. Thanks. And that's right. the way we close every podcast. So our podcasts are on Spreaker.com, iTunes, iHeart, and uh, YouTube. Okay, awesome, guys. Thank you very much. Okay, people, we're out of here. Peace. You guys <laughs> stay right there. We're out. <laughs> okay. See ya. <laughs>